Hello and welcome to episode 72 of the Pitcher Bet Sports Podcast. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about the massive news coming out of Jackson State, landing Travis Hunter, one of the top recruits in the nation. Steph Curry breaks the all-time record for three-pointers made in a career. And, of course, before we get into our picks and our pitcher bet of the week, we've got to talk about that jerk-off. Urban Meyer finally got fired late, late last night. Uh, and no longer is the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then, like I said, we're going to talk all the games going on this Sunday and Monday in the NFL, make our picks against the spread for our pitcher bet. Run the music. All right, everybody, I'm your host, Matt Guest. With me, as always, is my co-host out in Vegas. What's up, buddy? Matt Morris. How you doing, man? I'm getting some good sleep over the last couple of days, trying Woo. to avoid the uh, the sickness that struck you, Dude. you know? Yeah. It's that time of year, man. Look at the NFL this week. What do we... We got out of Monday night's game, and uh, within about 24 hours, we had 70 players on COVID list. Yep. It's cold out. People are in close contact right now. I think people have partially, you know, kind of forgotten about it a little bit. And, uh, dude, it is just macking the NFL. Yeah, and the NBA, too. NBA is is having massive issues with COVID as well. I think the Chicago Bulls have, like, 10 dudes that are out. Um, Giannis is out right now. I think five or six players. I just got a notification for the Bucks um have covid issues lakers are up to like four or five guys it's just it is that time of year and you know i got caught myself right was traveling mm-hmm. um going to different climates than what i'm used to wasn't drinking enough water uh drank probably a couple too many beers and next thing you know your immune system's compromised and i'm sick i've been sick for a week um i feel great sound a lot better than i did last week but i am still positive i can't pop a negative test so um everyone be safe out there still travel but be conscious of what you're doing. Wash your hands. Use your sanitizer and your best judgment. Judgment, right? So that's all you can ask for from people. Yeah, and I think you know, moving forward, the sports season. These are things we had to anticipate, right? This is still going to hang around for us for a few years here. Yep. As you know, variants go through, but teams have to teams have to roll with it. I think the shittiest thing is for uh, future positive tests. You have fantasy playoffs right here now, right? Dude, I lost bad. OBJ this week. Not a big loss, but. You know, I'll figure that out. But if we have two, three big guys go down, you're talking about maybe number one seeds and number two seeds that rode the entire season thinking to themselves, this is an easy walk to the championship. Right. Not so much if you lose maybe your top player, you know, like right. now you're talking about replacing 20 points a week. So kind of a bummer for fantasy sports. But again, the the pros don't play for fantasy sports so <laughs> right and that's part of the game too like the professional teams need their guys out there as well more <laughs> than your fantasy team yeah so yeah, yeah. there is that too um but yeah like not that i want this to happen but a guy like cooper cup right he gets yeah. covid or goes on the list saturday sunday that team that's probably first second place in the league they're fucked because the the fantasy god this season is out mm-hmm. right so yeah. anything can happen i hope no one else goes um on the covid list thus far we'll get into it when we do our picks here at the end 
But I want to start with the breaking news of, so we're recording this on Thursday, the day the episode is going to come out. But yesterday, huge news out of Jackson State. They shocked the world. Deion Sanders, Barstool Sports allegedly, um, helped sign Travis Hunter, the top defensive back, one of the top recruits in the nation, went to Jackson State over Florida State, Clemson, all the big schools, right? Out of all the D1 schools, chose to go to the FCS, play with the best team in the FCS. Dion, obviously, if you're a football fan and if for some reason you're not and you're listening to this, he's probably the best cornerback of all time. So, you know, going to go learn from him, play at his school and, you know, barring injury, probably have a really solid path to the NFL here in the next couple seasons. What were your thoughts when you first saw this? I have a lot to say, but I want to hear what your thoughts were first. My gut reaction was, wow, this kid's stupid. You know, we talked a little bit off um, off air about my concern, which is who he's going to play. It's going to be competition level at Jackson yeah. State. You're the number one recruit in the country. Presumably, you go to any of the big schools. You're going to go through the same trouble that any of these other number one at their positions go through, which is, hey, you're coming in. you got some juniors that are going to the NFL. They're still playing. Maybe you're athletically gifted enough as a freshman to play a little bit, you know, for Nick Saban or, you know, probably at Florida State, he starts right away. That probably. would be my guess. Um, but you're also going to be playing against premier wide receivers if you're playing SEC, SEC that is. Uh, so my concern was, wow, okay, this kid's going to Jackson State. He's going to be the best on the field at all times. I guess what I didn't think about is what you just said. It's Deion Sanders, right? We're not talking about a guy that was an average go or an average player. We're talking about the best of all time. Yep. And honestly, what Dion has done down there is remarkable. Like he's gotten these kids to play at a high level. He's performing probably at a level where he's going to be offered other jobs sooner than later. I don't know if he takes them until his son's out of that school. Yeah. I don't know really what his son's classification is for sophomore, junior, senior. Um, but I think Hunter's single concept here is I can become Dion Sanders, right? right. I have the athletic ability and I'm going to learn from Dion. From that perspective, I love it, man. And I love that these that I love what Dion is doing for this small school, right? Like it's time that we start to have coaches lean on their personality and their professional nature, like Dion has, to elevate their programs. Uh, we don't see it enough, right? How many how many former players went to be coaches at a high level? I can only think of Dion. You know, college basketball is a little different. Right. But when you talk about NFL, it's usually the guys that didn't make it that become the best coaches. So great job for Jackson State. To be seen, to be determined for me as to whether Hunter chose the right path. I hope this isn't a one-and-done deal where he, you know, goes to Jackson State, transfers out after his freshman year, goes to a <laughs> yeah. big school. Um, but we'll see it. He's three years away, I guess, four years away, technically from being draft eligible. Um, yep. and I hope it doesn't cost him a first round pick. Yeah. Um, and to my point that I made to you and what I actually disagree with you is he is still going to play quality players. I guess they're the FCS, not the division one, like, you know, Florida state and what we watch every Saturday. But at the end of the day, my argument to that is who are some of these D one programs, right? I know they're D one and they're good. And there's a reason they're not in the FCS and they'd probably spank half the FCS teams. But you look at a team like Cincinnati, right? prime case all season they finally make the playoff but the big argument is they don't play anybody and if you do look at their schedule outside their win uh, against houston and against notre dame their schedule is fucking weak where teams like jackson state probably could compete with the ball states of the world and whoever the hell is in the american athletic conference that i've never heard of in my entire life 
right? This was the whole point of the NIL and that agreement with the NCAA players, in my opinion, was for what just happened here. This kid wanted to go play for Deion Sanders, right? But why on God's green earth would he go play at an FCS school just to go play with Dion. This is the point of the money. You now even the playing field. So teams like Florida State, teams like USC, Alabama, insert all the blue bloods, can't go out there and buy players from smaller schools. Because before NIL, all it was was a booster or insert, you know, angel investor, for the lack of a better way of explaining it, that would go in there and give the kids' moms a car or would help them pay some bills, right? This is what is happening and was happening. And now the NIL deal lets Deion Sanders and Barstool Sports say, hey, you can be our featured Barstool athlete. Here's a million, 1.5, whatever it is that they say he got. And now actually the value of going Jack, going to Jackson State is higher than Florida State. And that's my bone to pick with all these college football fans bitching online. Is for the past 10, 20, 25 years, basically my whole life, they've been complaining these kids need to get compensated for their image and likeness. They need to be compensated for the players that they are, and these universities can't keep taking advantage of them. This is the prime example of that. This is exactly what it was made for. This kid deserves the money, and guess what? The school that offered it to him was the team he wanted to go to as well. Like, it worked out for everyone. You know what? Maybe it won't work out for his draft stock in three or four years, but you can't jump to conclusions. You have to see who this kid's going to be. And I think it's incredible. And the best part about it is Florida State would not take Deion Sanders as their coach two years ago, only to lose the top recruit in the nation two years later to Jackson State and Deion Sanders. Fuck Florida State. How arrogant and stupid do you have to be to choose a different coach that isn't Deion Sanders to represent your university, one of your most notable alumni, since you haven't been relevant at all after Jimbo Fisher left? Excuse me. Bad on Florida State. Good for Dion. I think it's great for Travis Hunter in the NIL. I think it's awesome. Well, I think it's great for Dion, right? You're talking about a perfect situation where he stole that number one overall recruit. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't know really more that, that I can say about Deion Sanders other than I think he has a very, very, very bright future as a coach. Uh, you talk about polar opposite of Urban Meyer right now in the headlines, <laughs> right? You're seeing Dion absolutely gel with his teams. You're seeing him motivate his teams. You're seeing him connect on a personal level. He understands what these kids want. He understands who these kids are. He understands the egos that these kids are going to have. Right, because he lived it himself. He was the best. He was the flashiest. But I think also he knows how to control that environment. Yep. This is something that a lot of coaches professionally and at the college level are struggling with. I think Dion, you know, I, I hope he stays at Jackson State for a few years. You'd hate to see this kid commit and Dion take a job in three or four months at say Florida State, right? For or sure. you know, a, another large school. I don't think Dion would also do that. Um, but moving forward over the next five or ten years, I think we see Dion in college. I think we see on see Dion win a national championship or I, I think we see Dion in the pros now I think Dion's best suited for those college ranks it seems like that's where he is happy it seems that's where he's able to develop these young kids we just saw it with Meyer there's a huge difference between college young kids and the pros and you know it, it doesn't always translate whatever he's doing it's working in college and you're right I think you know Florida State there's a blueprint for what he just did down there at Jackson. 
And um, they made a giant mistake because I think whatever he's doing is going to work wherever he, he ends up going. Yeah, me too. In I followed Dion for a long time. He was one of my favorite players growing up as a kid with the high step and the swag, obviously. Um, it seems that he actually does care for these kids and their well-being and making them better people and obviously coaching them to be great football players too. So I think it's just an awesome culture they've built. They're killing it in the FCS right now. They sell out all their home games and they're playing for a championship either this weekend or next weekend. I'm not too sure. And yeah, I just think it's really awesome. And I think this is what the NIL is all about. I really do. I think this was the purpose was to even the playing field. And this is the first example of it working, in my opinion, in a positive way. So I fucking love it. Let's get into Urban Meyer, since you kind of brought that up. Um, the nail in the coffin was Josh Lambeau saying that he was stretching. Long story short, Meyer comes up to him, kicks him in the back of the leg, says, make your fucking kick. Lambeau said, you can't do that to me. And he said, I'm your fucking coach. Um, basically, go kick rocks, right? And Lambeau's not like one of these run-in-the-mill bad kickers. He, according to Pat Mac McAfee, said that he's the fourth highest rated kicker like in NFL history or something. So it's not like he's some scrub, okay? And it's just insane, the arrogance of, of Urban Meyer. We've been saying this for weeks. We've been betting against Jacksonville for weeks because he is an absolute terrible person and an even worse head coach when it comes to leading men. Congratulations. You can recruit really well, but you do not know how to develop good people. You don't know how to create a chemistry in the locker room. And NFL people don't want you anymore because you are really just a bad person. So I couldn't have been happier to see Shad Khan say, you know what? I made a mistake. This was on me. We need to let him go. And hopefully they make the right hire for Trevor Lawrence and the rest of the just in the team moving forward. Yeah, man, it was about time. You know, I was at work last night and uh, one of the coworkers, you know, saw it on his Apple watch and said it. And I was like, damn, well, he finally made the right choice. He's, right. Uh, you know, a little too late. But <laughs> I, I knew that Josh Lambeau news was going to be the nail in the coffin, right? Like, be. because something else would also be coming a week later at this exactly. point. The momentum is building for the Urban Meyer negativity, and it it had to happen. And if you really look at Urban Meyer in comparison to some of these other college coaches, you could have kind of seen it on the resume, right? Went from Utah to Florida, you know, built the dynasty at Florida. Was great at Utah. Left Florida because he had heart issues or stress Allegedly. issues, right? Allegedly went to Ohio State. Then kind of the same thing. Built a good program, but did it on recruiting. And then had the same issues, right? It was leaving because of, you know, physical issues right. and goes to the NFL. And every time he switched programs, I thought to myself, like, is your, is your health okay to do this? And now what I'm starting to realize is it probably wasn't really his health. It was probably the fact that he had burned out his locker rooms, burned out his assistant coaches, and he needed to go somewhere else in life. And I, I just think Urban Meyer's future in college is probably going to be a little bit glossy, right? Who's going to take on this? Somebody's going to take the risk because it's Urban Meyer. Right. But his his image has been so tarnished now with this Jaguar situation. I don't know that there's another national championship slash like foundational buildup for whatever team he goes to. And then switching over to what this means for Jacksonville, they have four more games left. They yep. get to gel together as a team finally. Like they can all come around the fact that, hey, this guy is gone. We can finally start to see what this team is made of. We can also let Trevor Lawrence be a leader if that's what he has within him, right? Like he said this week that some of the drama, it needs to stop. He came out and said, you know, there's a lot more drama in the pros than there is in college. 
And he said, but what we're dealing with is too much. Well, here's your opportunity to prove to the team that you can be a leader. Yep. And the rest of the players on that team, we're going to actually get to see a tryout for the next four weeks. You know, does James Robinson really have that elite back still in him? You know, does Marvin Jones deserve to come back next season? A lot of the questions that we as fantasy you know, managers are wondering, that team is also wondering. So this is a huge win for Jacksonville, in my opinion, and an absolute massive L for Urban Meyer. Deservedly, man. He's an asshole. Yeah, 100%. And they already announced James Robinson's going to be the starting featured back. So, you know, we'll get to their pick in a second. But I think, I think they get one more win the rest of this season. Maybe this weekend. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, last thing before we get into the picks is we I this is a sports show. I know we haven't talked a ton of basketball yet. We're rounding the corner right to Christmas time when we're really gonna start focusing on it and hopefully all this COVID stuff gets resolved in the NBA because it's it is really bad right now too. Um is I think it was two nights ago now, Steph Curry broke the record for most threes ever in an NBA career. And first of all, it's it's a tip of the cap. Steph Curry is the best shooter of all time. And it's really not a debate nor an argument anymore. And what people need to realize is that NBA, NBA Twitter and NBA podcasts in general is the classic debate. Who's the best player of all time? Who's the best this? Who's the best that? You know, and it's very hard to judge. But what people and what I want people to do is to understand and really soak in what you're watching with Steph Curry right now. He probably has two or three, you know, more seasons like this. And what I mean like this is in his prime, hitting five, six threes a game, making these ridiculous shots because this record that he broke and that he's continuing to build upon is never going to be broken again. You know, you have guys like Luca, Trey, uh, Trey Young, different players like this in the league that are going to contend with it. But at the rate, Steph has been hitting threes and will continue to hit threes for the next couple of years. Please enjoy this. Please accept the greatness that you're watching because there's never been a player like Steph Curry before. There's never been someone who's crossed half court and had the green light before because he's that accurate when he shoots. So respect to Steph Curry. Congratulations on the record. And I'm excited to see what he ends at. And what's he going to hit, Matt? 4,000, 4,500, right? He could be really pushing an insane number, doubling up what Ray Allen had previously done, which in my opinion, like I'm saying, might not ever be broken again because even though the three-pointer is being shot way more than it used to, no one is still shooting it like Steph. Well, and you talk about greatest players of all time. My classification for that is players that change the parameters of the game. Um, you know, Jordan was one of the first players, you know, in our recent memory to really change the way basketball was played from a dominant ISO perspective. You know, LeBron comes in, changes the way the game is played because now players are swapping teams on top of his all, his physical tenacity, right? Yep. And then talk about Steph. Steph brought in the idea that you can shoot 53s a game as a team and win, right? It's acceptable to play outside the arc. And while also allowing a player to himself to shoot 15 to 23s a game. Now, I think Steph Curry is absolutely the best shooter of all time. I think we're appreciating Steph Curry. But I think Steph Curry is never going to be matched, like you said, for the simple fact that he is also one of the most accurate shooters of all time. Right. I think if you date it back and you allow Reggie Miller and Ray Allen to shoot the same kind of volume that Curry did, we're talking about maybe similar numbers. But again, Curry changed the game. 
You have all these kids now shooting three-pointers, shooting three-pointers from the logo. That's another thing that I think is dramatically changed in the NBA. We haven't seen people draw back three, four feet from the line really ever, right? That was really a thing that Curry brought on. Dame Lillard then kind of took to his own as well. And in all reality, these guys have been shooting their entire lives. Like That's just as good of a shot as it is with a guy in your face at the line. So I think what Curry has done for the game is really open up the court. I think it's allowed the game to kind of play at a higher tempo. And I I hope 20, 30 years from now, people remember the fact that Curry was the guy that changed this facet of the NBA. Because I remember Allen's shot in the playoffs against the Spurs, right? He had people on him. That was a great shot. Ray Allen was known for being able to make shots at the three-point line with people in his face. We're going to remember Curry as the guy who could literally cross half court and pull up no problem like those are very very big asset points for both players but what curry did was basically say hey like there are no limitations for a player shot yep 100 percent, and he's accurate too Mm -hmm. you see a lot of guys and a lot of the bad basketball you see is kids and you know college kids pro pro kids fucking shooting the ball when they shouldn't they don't have that range they're not steph curry but they're not getting benched. Like when I played basketball, you take a bad three. And that was right around the time when Steph was just kind of coming right after I graduated high school was when they went on their run. But you get your shit pulled <laughs> in my day. You pull up from 10 feet behind the three point line with an open lane or a guy up there. Your ass is on the bench, especially my ass. I wasn't good enough. So <laughs> you pull some shit like that. And that's completely changed now because of Steph Curry. Um, and I think the game's better for it. And you know what will happen is you'll come along. There'll be a big guy and some dominant force and it'll shift the game back inside then outside that's just how basketball is and end of the day end of the rant is congrats to Steph and enjoy this because he might set a set a record that might not ever be broke so well yeah and you said it perfectly I mean you're a much better basketball player than I ever was but that was something that I used to do and just pick up games you know I didn't have the confidence to to go iso on a guy and and find my own shot so I would shoot deep from outside because it was the best shot for me right like (laughs) and some of these college players are the same way right maybe they don't have that that first step quickness maybe they don't have the size to body up and get off a shot in the lane and they're in in their eyes they're a good shooter and they can shoot from outside but 10 years ago you're right you're benched you know you might hit three or four you might you might have the ability to hit three or four but you miss that first shot you're not taking another shot for two months and I, I just think that's kind of ridiculous for young kids. Like, let them shoot. Well, you know, if, if you're 0 for 5 from, you know, 2, 3 feet behind the line, okay, there's a problem. But <laughs> don't take away facets of the game, especially without understanding that, hey, this guy's doing within in his right and his ability. And I think that's really what Curry proved, right? Looking back no at doubt. Davidson, looking at, in the pros, like, Curry didn't have the body. He had banged up ankles. Like, there's a reason he became such a great shooter. It's because his physical nature wasn't built for the NBA. And here we are watching a guy that wasn't built for the NBA become one of the greatest of all time and the best at what he does. No doubt. That is, that is, it's shattering. And I I think it's something that Curry should be very proud of. You know, it's, it's truly a great story. And I mean, he's a undoubtedly top five player in the league right Mm -hmm. now. He's unbelievable. Mm Um, but let's move on to football, man. Congrats, Steph. Again, that was fucking really cool to see. He's it's tough not to root for Steph, even if you don't like the Warriors, in my opinion. Anyways, um, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, A, welcome. B, this is 
the best part of the show, in my opinion, Matt's opinion. This is what we do. We make a pitcher bet every single week. If you don't know what a pitcher is, go to the bar. Just kidding. Um, it is a pitcher of beer is what Matt and I bet. Um, I did send Matt a Venmo, which is good for last week because he beat me. Matt lives in Vegas. I live in California, so we don't live next to each other. We're trying to coordinate getting back together in person um, in the next couple of months here, so we will. But uh, right now... For our bets, we do one every single week. Me, the host, Matt Guest, is up on the season. I'm 9-4-1 this year, so you are 4-9-1. Last week was a good week for both of us. You got me by one game. Um, We pick every game against the spread on Sunday, as well as the Monday night game. That's how we do our record. That's how we do our bet. Both of us are on the Chiefs for the Thursday night game. We got it at minus three. I think the line has moved to three and a half, which in my opinion, actually I might lean chargers at three and a half, but uh, we both got the Chiefs at three and we're going to go through every single game going on, give you some analysis of the game, give our picks. And then on our Tuesday episode next week, we will recalculate and, you know, congratulate whoever won. So, Let's get into this. And for this, this is the first week here. So we're at week um, 15 on this, right? Week 15, yep, on the season. For the first time, I say take this with a grain of salt because there's so many COVID cases right now that these lines are still going to continue to move around, including this first game. So the first game is the Vegas Raiders are going into Cleveland. They started as a six and a half point underdog. Now, because Cleveland's entire team has fucking COVID, they are a three and a half point favorite. Before we jumped on the microphone, their backup quarterback now has COVID. So they are going to be going to a third string quarterback that they, as in the Cleveland Browns, are going to a third string quarterback that I don't think has taken any reps with the team all season. So with that being said, I'm going to take the Raiders minus three and a half. If the Raiders somehow don't cover and do not win this game, I will be genuinely concerned about that team. (laughs) I don't know how they don't win this. I I don't think this is similar to earlier in the year when, you know, half of Cleveland's team was also out due to just playing injury. Um, The Raiders have to win this game with Darren Waller, without Darren Waller, you know, Derek Carr is still out there. And they have no choice but to win this game. This is this is Raiders your absolute bust, right? Um, have to. We'll see, man. I, I the Raiders have surprised me all season long. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm going to take the Raiders here though because I don't think there's another choice. I just I just can't see them not executing against this team. Uh, Chubb's playing, uh, Miles Garrett and Clowney, so that's big, but you would think it's it should be an easy easy game in cleveland for the raiders yeah yeah next game new england this is a this is a really good game the new england oh shoot these games are saturday actually matt that game and this game is saturday not sunday um so new england is going to indianapolis they're getting two and a half points the patriots are underdogs right now they're six and oh on the road five and one on the road against the spread. The Indianapolis Colts are three and four at home, uh, three and four at home against the spread as well. 
this is a crazy game. No injuries, no COVID for either one of these teams. Massive game for the Colts. They have to win this game. The Patriots have been one of the hottest teams in all of football. I love Mac Jones. I love the defense. I think you're giving me with two and a half points indoors for the Patriots. I'm going to take that all day. We're so we're getting two and a half. Yeah, That's two and a half. Number. Yeah, Mike, I, I'm going to take the Patriots at two and a half here too. Um, Jonathan Taylor is that offense. Bill Belichick has a really good ability of taking away your number one threat, right? He's going to force Carson Wentz to beat him. 100%. Flat out. JC um, Jackson is going to be out there looking for more picks. This is this is what's going to happen in this game. Carson Wentz is going to lose the football game. <laughs> now, if Jonathan Taylor has a great game, I think that elevates him to the probably second behind Brady MVP talk. Possibly. To, to beat Bill Belichick and to beat him knowing that you're the threat would be an incredible achievement. It is also the only chance I think that the Colts actually have outside of maybe forcing Mac Jones into some some mistakes. But Bill's also been very good at managing Mac Jones and not putting him in positions to make mistakes. I just don't see I don't see Bill Belichick losing this game, right? I put yep. everything else aside. It's Bill Belichick against the Colts. And Bill has a team in front of him that he can move around like chess pieces. So I'm gonna take the Patriots again. If Jonathan Taylor can elevate his game even more, kudos to him. I need it for fantasy. <laughs> um I just I have a hard time betting against Bill. Yeah, me too, especially at this point in the season, how they've been running. So next game, uh, Dallas Cowboys on the road in New York playing the Giants. They're 10.5-point favorites. Um, the Giants have a couple injuries. Glennon's going to start again. For first-time listeners, we make picks on all the games, but I'll give my suggested picks on what I'm actually going to bet on this weekend. This is one of them. I will take Cowboys gladly by 10.5. I know it's a big number, but... The Giants are horrible. Mike Glennon is horrible. And Dallas just has their numbers. So this is my first pick of the week. Dallas minus 10 and a half. Easy. Yeah, this definitely isn't a pick of the week for me. I hate this number. Um, the Cowboys, for some reason, haven't been able to blow teams out like I wanted them to. Yeah. They did not, they did not blow out Washington. I know there was a late, you know, pick in that game, pick six that really changed the line from what it was going to be. Um, but I think the, the Giants are far worse than Washington is. So 10 and a half, I'm taking the Cowboys. Yep, 100%. Next game is the Houston Texans going into Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. We just talked about what happened in Jacksonville. Um, before the news, this was a pick of the week for me, for Houston. But now with Urban Meyer out, I'm actually going to take the Jaguars. I think they're going to galvanize behind whoever their interim coach is. I think Lawrence plays well. I think James Robinson gets 25, you know, carries, touches this game. And Houston's obviously a really bad team too. And Jacksonville just has something to prove to themselves that they're not that bad. It was just the coaching. So I think they cover the four and a half and I think they win. Yeah, this isn't a question to me. Without Urban Meyer there, I think Jacksonville is far and away more superior with talent. I think they have talent all over the, the field, right? From Miles Jack to Lawrence Taylor to James Robinson, uh, Marvin Jones. like They're a better football team. Yep. Now, with the coaching issues, have they been able to been coached up at all to play into this game? So they're going to have to lean on James Robinson. I think they will. Four and a half should be easy. I'm taking the Jags. Nice. Next game. This is an interesting game, actually. Um, Tennessee's going into Pittsburgh to play against the Steelers. All signs are showing TJ Watts probably not going to play, which is a big deal. I have this as a pick 'em. Started as two and a half 
for Pittsburgh. Actually, two and a half point underdogs was Pittsburgh. Um, Tennessee has not looked very good since Derrick Henry's been out. They had the one game against the Rams where they played well. But other than that, they haven't been dominant. Pittsburgh looked like shit last week against uh, Minnesota on Thursday night. This is a horrible game. I do not. I'm not betting on this. I don't know. I think I'm going to take Tennessee. I think Tennessee should win the game if it's a pick him. Yeah, I have Titans as well. Um, I think Najee Harris could have a really big game here, which could dictate the the flow of the game. Uh, you're hoping, obviously, that the Titans defense finds a way to take advantage of uh, Big Ben. Yep. And without Watt out, you know, Tannehill, this is hard. This yep. is very hard. I I think Pittsburgh's a better team. Um, you know, I'm going to flop on this. I'm going to take Pitt. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I just think they have Harris. They should lean on Harris. Yeah. So this is a game where you have to lean on the best player at that position. And Derrick Henry's not walking through that door. But no. also, Big Ben is oh, not very good. <laughs> yeah, he uh, yeah he hasn't played great. I don't love that game. Next game, Arizona is traveling to Detroit to play the Lions. Uh, we talked about on the last podcast. Obviously, Arizona big letdown game last time. And they're getting 12 and a half points. They're 12 and a half point favorites right now. They're seven and oh on the road against the spread this season. Detroit's been a pretty good team against the spread, eight and five overall on the season, four and two at home. 12 and a half is a ton of points, but I'm going to lay it with Arizona because, you know, you know my strategy team that gets beat, embarrassed on live TV usually comes back and blows the doors off people. And what a better team to get right against than the Detroit Lions. Um, I like Arizona minus the 12 and a half. Yeah. And honestly, I think we're going to see Arizona's defense come out and look elite again. Right. Um, you know, I said it. Jared Goff is just looking really bad. He's going to make some mistakes. I think Chandler Jones gets some pressure in this game. Penny Swole is playing pretty well on that offensive line for Detroit, but there's going to be a lot of blitzing. There's going to be a lot of, you know, zone slash man coverages that are going to take advantage of him. Um, and honestly, without DeAndre Hopkins, I'm not a, not too concerned. I think Kyler Murray's going to yep. spread that ball around. I think uh, Randall Moore is going to probably have, have some opportunities as well. And A.J. Green gets to step into that number one receiver role once again. Had a great game last week, had 100 yards, uh, had over 10 targets. So I expect Arizona to bounce back really heavily here. Yeah, me too. Um, next game, New York Jets are traveling to Miami to play the Dolphins. Dolphins have some serious COVID issues too. Um, all their running backs have COVID. I think they have a couple guys on defense with COVID and they're nine and a half point favorites, dude. This is going to yeah. be the only game I pick that is solely, I guess, biased is that I just made a pact at the beginning of the season. I'm not going to pick the fucking Jets ever. I faded the Jets the whole season. They're three and 10 against the spread. So I've been doing pretty well and I will do it again. I will take Miami minus the nine and a half. I hate it, but I'm not picking the Jets. Yeah. Um, I'm taking Tua here. Tua and yeah. Waddle, man. They, you know, well, Waddle they, has COVID. He does. He's out. Yeah. Thank God I'm on a buy in that league. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. Him, Gaskin, uh, Ahmed, and someone else. Th their team has a lot of COVID too. It sucks. Very decimated, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm still gonna stick with Miami. And honestly, like I'm even more looking forward to it now. I believe in Tua. What I've seen yeah. in the past four or five weeks is that he is absolutely a starting quarterback in this league. Maybe not the elite level that the Dolphins want, but a guy that can definitely win you games. 
this is his opportunity to show that he's not only just that, right? That he can push through some adversity. Um, I'm going to take them at nine and a half. I actually would love to watch this football game because I want to see what he's got without his boy Waddle. I think he's become better this season because of Jalen Waddle. He knows he can trust him. Well, Waddle is proving to be a number one. He's got to come out and find 10 points in this game. And if he's not going to do it, his defense does. I just don't believe in the Jets. Um, it's it's going to be very hard for, for the, the Jets to find this because, again, they're searching for their offensive identity. And Miami kind of has that, even though the guys are going to be out. So I'll take Miami nine and a half. Yeah, I feel that, bro. Yeah, they've got um, four running backs out, all their running backs with Jalen Waddle and Javon Holland, who is their um, starting safety. So going to be a tough game for them. But I, you know, I, I don't disagree with you with Tua. He's been playing really well. I think Waddle does have a massive part to do with that but he's also been throwing the shit out of the ball doing what he does you know you don't have to throw 60 yard down the field just don't turn it over so it's been working next team that has a ton of COVID issues too the Washington football team is traveling to Philadelphia they're nine and a half point dogs but I think I was listening to a podcast this morning I think they have nine defensive players on COVID right now Plus, Chase Young's not um, healthy, and Heineke's banged up. I don't know. Dude, I just don't know. What do you think? I have no idea. I like Washington plus 10. 10's a lot. It's and nine I just and a don't... half. Nine and a half. It's even nine and a half. Nine and a half is a lot. They hung in there with Dallas last week, even without the COVID issues. And I just don't – I think it's either Hurts or Minshew again, right? I don't think we have an official determination yeah, yeah, so I'm going to take Washington here um, just because, again, as long as Gibson's out there, we have no word on Gibson. He's not out with COVID. Not, not, not that I know of. So I, I do believe that he'll be able to touch the ball 20, 30 times. He'll be able to keep this team in there. Heineke may be banged up, but he's a gamer. Um, I think I think they stick around in this one. Okay. I, I'm going to take Philly. Um, don't I don't feel good about it. I don't think Philly's that team, but... I mean, if more than half their starting defense is out, they, as in Washington, like, you got to fucking beat it by 10. You would think, right? I mean, you would think. You would think. I don't know. We'll see. Both teams are six and seven, too. This is a massive fucking matchup. I feel bad for Washington. Um, Heineke will probably make me pay for that decision. Anyways, next game Carolina at Buffalo. Buffalo is 10 and a half point favorites. Um, we've documented Carolina's struggles. They, I went on the record last episode saying that's a team I'm not going to bet on anymore. They're fucking terrible. And Buffalo maybe will build on that game last weekend. This is a must win for Buffalo to make the playoffs. So I like Buffalo minus the 10 and a half here. Yeah, screw Carolina. I'm not even going to touch on this. This is Bills all day. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Next game. This is a really good game. I think this is going to be a better game than people think. The line set at two and a half. Cincinnati traveling to Denver, Cincinnati, two and a half point underdogs. Um, I don't know why they're underdogs. Vegas knows something. This is a fishy line, but I'm going to, I'm going to ride with Cincy. I think they should cover this. No problem. Almost a bet of the week for me, but I'm going to stay away from bet of the week, but I like Cincy. Yeah, this is Cincy for me as well. Um, I, you know, it's similar to when we had the chargers go into Denver and they were, I think, underdogs as well and we kind of laughed at it we were like oh this is ridiculous and right. then they got blown out um denver is you know isn't 
a bad team. Like Javante Williams is running the ball who we love. Melvin Gordon's out there still running the ball more than we want him to. <laughs> and they're controlling the tempo of that game. But the difference here is Cincinnati has Joe Mixon. And I think Mixon's ability to do exactly what those two backs can do is going to keep Cincinnati in this and ultimately win that game because Burrow is better than Bridgewater. Yep. Next game, San Francisco's at home against the Atlanta Falcons. San Francisco is a nine and a half point favorite. It's a lot of points. It started at a minus eight line, moved up to minus nine and a half. Uh, the Niners have been hot. Fred Warner and Kittle both practiced today. I'm still not sure about Debo Samuel. Either way, nine and a half, I think, is too much for me to lay with the Niners. I'm going to take Atlanta plus the nine and a half, but I think the Niners are going to win. Wow, you're taking ATL, huh? Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Uh, I am absolutely not taking Atlanta. <laughs> I am uh, deboed up here. Yeah. So I'm gonna take the 49ers. Uh, I just, yeah, man, I'm riding with my boy. I feel that. I mean, I don't hate it. I just think, I don't. They haven't been blowing people out. I just don't see them blowing them out. And especially after last week, they, you know, kind of let Cincy come back in the game. I see them winning by like seven, not ten. Okay. Next game, Packers in Baltimore. This line is insane to me. Packers are going to be without Kenny Clark. He moved on to the COVID list today. Uh, the Ravens have everybody injured. Lamar's a game time decision. Hollywood Brown doesn't have COVID, but was sick today. So the Ravens are an absolute mess on offense and defense. Packers are only five and a half point favorites. You can mark that down as a pick of the week for me. Packers minus five and a half. If you have Devontae Adams or Aaron Rodgers this week in fantasy, congratulations, because they are going to kill it. Yeah, pick of the week as well for me, Packers here. Um, I'm actually expecting the run game to dominate this game. I think that the Packers are going to lean on Jones and Dylan heavily. Um, I think, you know, my opinion, your opinion here is an obvious Packers slam dunk. Yep. If they throw the ball, they win. If they run the ball, they win. Uh, defensively, I still think with Kenny Clark out, you know, question mark of Jair, is he coming back or not? Probably not this week. Uh, Rasul Douglas will be out there. He will be making plays. <laughs> this, this defense is going to eat up whoever is playing quarterback. Um, and I think from Baltimore's perspective, they're going to lose this game anyways. Give Lamar one more week, you know, like let Hunley go in there. You just let him run around and do his thing, kind of develop a little bit more as a backup. But the Packers guaranteed slam dunk. Yeah, this line's crazy to me. Next game, Seattle going into L.A. to play the Rams. The Rams are five and a half point favorites. I'm also surprised by this line. Don't understand it. I think the Rams might be getting it together. We talked about it at length last episode with if they can get the run run game going, they're going to be really dangerous and, you know, they can really start clicking. You've been riding the OBJ hype. He's out with COVID this week, but I think their offense can still hold on. No problem without him this week. This is actually another pick of the week for me. I'm going to take the Rams minus five and a half as a pick of the week. I think it's really good value, really good points. Yeah, pick of the week for me as well. Nice. Rams five and a half. This is this is a joke. DK is uh, questionable as well. Uh, Lockett's. Been I think playing Lockett really has well. COVID too. Huh? Oh, okay. Yep, yeah, probably, I think he probably, does. Um, doesn't doesn't none of that changes anything. Right. Even with DK and Lockett for me, Rams five and a half is a slam dunk. Yep. Ramsey out doesn't matter. Like they they're the much better team and and they have to win out. You know, this isn't a team that can just kind of take the the easy train. They have to keep <laughs> playing heavy football. So. Rams five and a half. Yeah, 100%. Sunday night football. New Orleans is going to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is an 11-point favorite against Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara, and the boys. Tampa Bay five and one at home against the spread. They're only seven and six against the spread on the season. Five of those wins at 
home. The Saints beat Tampa last time. That's when Jameis Winston got hurt. Um, they're a suspect team. This line is so shitty, dude. What are you thinking? I mean, I think this is the first time the Bucks with Tom Brady beat the Saints in the regular season, and I think this is a coverable game. I think, I think the Bucks have to win this football game, and I think they, I think they do it handily. Yeah, for some reason, New Orleans just has this number, so I'm going to take New Orleans plus the 11. I don't think they win, but I think they keep it 10 or under. Honestly, for some reason, that defense has Tom figured out somehow. <clears throat> I don't know how, but whatever. Monday night game, last one. Minnesota going into Chicago, going to Soldier Field. The Vikings are five and a half point favorites. They're four and three on the road against the spread. Chicago fucking sucks. They're two and four at home against the spread, four and nine on this season. Um, I think Fields is supposed to play, but, you know, not going to be a good game. Uh, I think it's high scoring. I think I'm going to take Minnesota minus five and a, five and a half. I think they can win by a touchdown. Yeah, this is actually a pick of the week for me. Wow. Um, I think I think okay. Minnesota wins this game. I think I think what we saw from the Bears last week was a very good special teams performance, a very bad special teams performance to the Packers, and they capitalized on that. I just think the Vikings are a good football team, and lock of the week, taking them. I definitely don't think they're a good football team, but I think they're a lot better than the Bears. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, um, you know, you know, I mean, they're they not beat bad. the Packers. They gave, gave the 49ers a run for their money. Like five games have been determined by a field goal. I think as much as I dislike saying this, I think the Vikings are a much better team than we give them credit for. Yeah. And I think five and a half against a bad football team yeah. should be easy. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, just to recap my picks of the week before we wrap it up here on the pod today, me, Matt Guest, I've got three picks of the week. First, Dallas minus 10 and a half, the Packers minus five and a half, and the Rams minus five and a half. What about you, my friend? So I'm rolling with the Packers at minus five and a half, the Vikings minus five and a half, Rams minus five and a half. Wow. All five go. and a half, son. Five and a this half. This could be... This could be the week, baby. Hey, you might have um, to go I'm play. Late. Do they do a pick six? I know they do a pick three for the lottery, but maybe go five, five, five right? this week, baby. This is your weekend. This could be it, baby. Um, I need it. I need. I need some little juju going on. So, um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see what happens. I'm sticking to three. You know, I really yeah. like Pittsburgh as a pick of the week, but I, I can't take that in a pick'em game. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I also really like the 49ers, but. A little bit heavier of a spread than I'd like. Um, yeah, so we'll rock it out. Yeah, for sure. Honestly, I would lean close to pick of the week for Vegas. I'd live. I'd lean close pick of the week for the Patriots as well on Saturday. So maybe I'll tweet something out Saturday um, if I do change my mind. But right now on the record, I'm going to stick with three as well. It's going to come down to the COVID news, man. So everyone out there who uses us for their picks, I know there's a lot of you just – be cognizant of what's going on. If, you know, a starting quarterback obviously goes out, be <laughs> cautious, right? Um, but say Dallas, 10 and a half, right? You might want to jump at that now because you never know with the Giants. They might have an injury or some bullshit. Crazy stuff happens over there. But um, just watch the news. Turn your Twitter feed on. You'll be all right. Um, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate all the support. Next week should be a little bit more normal, just like this week. I should be COVID negative sometime, hopefully. That would be awesome. <laughs> and then we'll be back next Tuesday with a new episode. Follow us online on social media, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at PitcherBetPod. Matt and I will be back next weekend. Have a safe weekend out there. Wash your hands, cover your mouth. Cheers. <laughs>